0: Welcome to Money Talk with Tiff, a podcast where we discuss everything money from tips and tricks to current events. Follow me on my journey to become debt free and meet other cool people along the way. I am your host, Tiffany Grant. Now let's talk money. and welcome to another episode of the Money Talk with Tiff podcast. Today I have Anna Serio on the line and she is a trusted lending expert and certified commercial loan officer. She's published more than 1,000 articles on Finder to help Americans strengthen their financial literacy. She's a former editor of a newspaper in Beirut, but We'll get to that in a minute. Um, Anna writes about personal, student, business, and car loans. And today, digital publications like Business Insider, CNBC, and The Simple Dollar feature her professional commentary. So hey, Anna, how are you? Great. Thanks for having me on. Absolutely. I am super excited um, because, you know, we're going to be talking about some things that I have yet to talk about on this podcast. So, <laughs> <Great>. <laughs> um, exactly. So, before we get into that, um, I thought your story, because, you know, of course, before we hit record, we had a little conversation. And I thought that your story about how you got into personal finance was quite interesting. So um, if you wouldn't mind sharing um, just to Key the audience in. Um, Anna used to live abroad in Lebanon. And so I'll let you take it over from there.
1: <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So I really kind of fell into writing about personal finance. I originally uh, was planning on going into academia, doing some literary translations. Um, I took an Arabic class in college and sort of fell in love with the language. Um, and then went to graduate school in Beirut in about, I think, 2013. And yeah, I sort of just stayed there for a couple of years afterwards. I realized that maybe academia wasn't for me. It's a pretty competitive field and it can be a little depressing. Um, And um, so I worked at a newspaper instead thinking maybe I'd go into journalism. The whole time I was not, um, doing very well financially. Um, I took on a lot of student loans, uh, for graduate school and, um, I really wasn't making a, a ton of money, uh, working for a newspaper, which may surprise you. Um, <laughs> it was like, the paper was just like falling apart. Um, it, it wasn't, uh, doing very well. So I, I did learn a lot about, um, budgeting and making payments and just like sort of the, the small, hard things about trying to manage your finances when you like don't have a bank account, for example, Uh, because I was getting paid in cash. So I sort of had to like work with my parents to um, pay off my student loans on time um, and signed up for like a very uh, expensive repayment plan that um, basically meant that I would be paying more in interest than in like the actual student loan payment of the uh, student loan balance. Uh, so uh, I thought, you know, when I was applying for jobs when I came back, I thought uh, I saw Finder, and I thought, you know, it wouldn't be bad <laughs> to learn more about this um and to also sort of like help people become more financially literate. because like when I was in school, we had like, I grew up in New York. I went to public schools and, um, we had maybe one economics class at the like, like the last semester of senior year. So nobody was paying attention. <laughs> the only thing right. I remember was my, um, my teacher went on this, like this sort of, um, rant about credit card debt and how, you know, it's so easy for her to like, just buy this like $20 lip gloss that she doesn't need. And then she's going to have to like pay all this interest. And she just like Scared me so much Mm -hmm. uh, about debt in general um, that I didn't understand uh, until really until I started writing about loans and debt and personal finance that it can be beneficial in some ways and you kind of need to have it unfortunately to do well in American society. So
0: yeah, right. I mean, I tell people that all the time. It's like a a catch 22, right? (laughs) Having credit and debt because it's like you have to get credit to have credit. In order to get credit, you have to have debt in order to get more debt. It's like it's a crazy um, scenario, like when you sit and think about it in that way. But I'm pretty sure like over in Lebanon, they probably didn't even have credit and debt and all that types of stuff, huh?
1: They do. um, The banking system is like a little bit different. Yeah. It's like uh, Lebanon is um, more of like a European country than you might uh, expect it to be um, in terms of finance, at least like there was a big HSBC there, um, which I was like happy about because I had an HSBC account. uh, And then I found out that they weren't actually like really affiliated. So they couldn't help me. Um, (laughs) But yeah, I mean, like it's, I, I think there, there's some also Islamic banking, um, which treats debt a little bit differently. I, I actually haven't really studied that, so I can't speak to it. Um, but um, yeah, I mean, I, I was just like kind of completely cut out of any kind of credit there, aside from being able to get American student loans because my university was an American uh funded university it had the degree was issued by New York State and <laughs> Lebanon. Oh wow uh, so I was able to get American student loans but otherwise I yeah I just like would not have been able to afford it to go at all. Gotcha gotcha.
0: Okay well I learned something new today. Um <laughs> <laughs> so um another thing I wanted to hit on though Anna um you know with the onset of COVID and you know all of these things happening for small businesses, I know that the small business landscape um, as far as lending is concerned is definitely changing. Um, I know people, it's, I don't know, it seems easier for people to get loans now. Um, if you wanted to just talk, because I mean you're very intimate <laughs> into this space. Um, but yeah, how is small business lending changing?
1: Yeah. So small business lending has gone through several significant shifts during the last year. COVID, I think, caught a lot of companies by surprise because their contingency plans for, you know, a recession were based kind of on the last recession that we had in 2008. Um, And that financial situation was completely different from what we have now. So a lot of lenders had to shut down um, and a lot of banks were just, Uh, not able to respond to um, government assistance programs like the paycheck protection program specifically um, in a way that could help every small business they just like didn't have the technology to do that Um, so what happened was they had to work with fintech companies essentially like there's online lenders like cabbage in OnDeck that um, essentially partnered with banks to let them use their underwriting technology so that they could process applications a lot faster. Um, that's why you saw a lot of small businesses trying to get a loan from Bank of America, um, a PPP loan from Bank of America and getting rejected because they didn't already have a lending relationship with the company. They just had no way to you know, process those applications because um, they're they're using um, older banking, um, older technology than uh, you need to sort of survive during this time. <laughs> so, yeah, so the PPP it is a lot easier than your regular business loan to qualify for, right? And so uh, the idle, the Economic Injury Disaster Loan, but that, I mean, it offers a limited amount of funding and it can be only used in specific ways. So, a lot of small businesses still, you know, either they had to shut down or you know, temporarily shut down. And they still need access to funds. I mean, you like think about it, like a lot of small businesses had to like make these like major pivots towards like online shopping, for example, like a restaurant had to like a lot of restaurants became like these like makeshift grocery stores um, where they were selling their produce and other products. And they're going to have to shift back <laughs> once the country sort of like starts to like fully reopen again. So Like lenders are trying to, you know, meet that new kind of demand. Another thing that happened was that credit scores became a lot less reliable. It takes about six months for your credit score to update and reflect your financial situation. And, you know, during March last year, you know, a lot of people lost their jobs, but their credit score was great. Um, lenders were expecting people to like default on everything. <laughs> um, and it turned out to actually not be as bad as they expected. Thanks um, in part to these assistance programs. But that also means that lenders aren't really looking at your credit score as hard as they were before, um, Having it it's not as good as it sounds, um, because having good credit will help you, um, and having bad credit will not help you very much, but they are focusing more on cash flow now. Um, so they're looking at like your bank account um pretty closely, and like your financial statements if you're a business, like I, a lot of um online lenders want to connect with your accounting software um so that they can see you know, like shipping records and, um, you know, how you've been spending, like, it, it takes like a more holistic look at your personal and business finances when they give you a loan, um, which is good in a way because it means that they're not going to lend to people who, you know, or businesses that they really don't think can repay it. And, you know, not repaying a loan uh, is not a good thing for your business or, uh, you know, your personal finances. Um, right. But it can also, um, I don't know, it's like it is uncharted territory and things are changing so quickly that predictive models can only do so much. So, yeah, it'll be interesting to see how this plays out. Absolutely. And, you know, just thinking
0: about that, though, you made made some good points that I haven't even thought about um, and how, you know, this whole time period, let's say, you know, for the last year and some change, how it has drastically made a lot of changes. And then for like the banks and everybody to be preparing for people to default, <laughs> you know, <Yeah. laughs> um, and having that in the back of their mind, which I didn't even think about that, you know, it could uh, contingency planning um, for these companies. That have money lended out already. um, And then COVID hits, and bam, everything's closed. Like now, I'm curious. Um, as far as like how many uh, loans had to go unpaid. I mean, I know you said it wasn't as much as they thought it was, but I'm like, what did they think it was going to be? And what are the actuals? Like, now this is information that I feel like I need to research because, you know, all of this stuff, um, as when it comes to uh, COVID and everything, the economy is going. <laughs> I told my husband the other day. I said, I feel like by the end of the year, the economy is going to c- pretty much crash, um, and especially if they don't keep doing like the stimulus payments and things be- yeah. because you know, at the end of the day, it's going to take a lot for us to recover from this. Um, and you know, during the covid time, I've had small business owner friends that had to shut down and it's sad to see But it's also like this is unprecedented, (laughs) you know, and even though we go throughout our normal, regular lives, you know, taking the kids to school, going to work, whatever the case may be there's still a whole different um, world to this. You know what I mean? Um, And and when I say that, I'm referring to like the commercial side of things. So that is very interesting. And thank you for that perspective because, you know, you're very intimate in this space. (laughs) I barely go into this space. Like I tell people all the time, like I am not. I don't do corporate finance, I do personal finance, yeah. but, but it's all intertwined, you know? And so yeah. that's why I'm so glad that you were able to join me today and kind of give that perspective. So one, one other thing that I wanted to bring up is, um, loans. So you hit on the EEDL, um, what are your thoughts around the PPP loans?
1: Um, I think the PPP, I have mixed feelings about it personally. Um, I know that a lot of small businesses, um, especially restaurant organizations, were really upset when it was offered as, Essentially, the only thing um, that they could use to, you know, see themselves through the beginning of the crisis, Mm -hmm. Um, but it does appear to have—I don't have any specific um, numbers—but something like eighty-two percent of small businesses applied for a PPP loan and about those that didn't they didn't apply mostly because they didn't think they would qualify for the loan or for loan forgiveness it like having a loan that is that is like somewhat forgivable but um without like any clear rules in the beginning it's it's kind of a risky thing to take on it, even though the interest rate is set at one percent and there's a lot of sort of like um things built into it that are meant to help business owners pay for it i think, the program was originally designed to with the idea that this pandemic would be over in you know, a couple of months <laughs> instead of, uh, you know, over a year. And they and they have updated the program continually, but updating the program a lot doesn't make it easier for some small business owners. Like I know in February or March, they changed um, how you calculate the loan amount if you're a sole proprietor or like a really small Business and to help um, some people who had applied for a PPP loan and only qualified for $1 oh, <laughs> actually get funding. Um, what they did was it was based on your net uh, revenue, I think, and they changed it to your gross revenue so you didn't have to subtract um, costs like expenses from it. So, yeah, the businesses that were like barely breaking even before <laughs> the ones that needed it the most weren't getting access to funds. Um, now, I think with all of the changes that have been made, it's a lot better if you haven't applied and you need, think you might have benefited from it, get your applications. And now it, it's available until the 31st. Um, but there are also a bunch of other grant programs. There's the um, Shuttered Venue Operators Grant and um, the Restaurant Revitalization Fund that just started accepting some applications yesterday. Those sort of conflict with the PPP. So if you are considering all of them, I would um, suggest like seeing which one offers you the most free money first before you apply for decide which ones to apply for. I mean, you can apply for, I, I don't remember if you can apply for both the Revitalization Fund and the Shuttered Venue, venue Operators Grant. Um, I think it might be either or, but um, I know the PPP, can be used in conjunction with those. So, yeah. And there's like also a lot of local programs that might be more beneficial to small businesses than the PPP. You, you might be able to get more funding and they sometimes don't allow you to apply if you got a PPP loan. So, yeah, I mean, the, the PPP is set to expire May 31st. Who knows if they'll revive it again or, you know, do something else or, you know, that'll be the end of that type of funding. Um, mm-hmm. It's really hard to say, but yeah, I mean, I think the shift is going to be toward helping small businesses that shut down, reopen. Um, a lot of lenders are expecting there to be a massive need for startup financing in the coming months. But, you know, but again, we like don't know what's going to happen. So it's hard to right. say if that's actually Going to become available, and what types of funding programs will be available?
0: Right. Um, I mean, I'm during COVID. Like, I have been like surprised and excited about how many people have started businesses or um, you know started stepping into what they're passionate about. Yeah. Um, I'm a firm believer in following your passion, um, and so it really warmed my heart to see that. Uh, Because it's like, you know, people were put out of their comfort zones. And then, you know, once you get put out of your comfort zones at that point, that's when you can kind of grow and explore different, you know, avenues and opportunities. So I was kind of excited about it. Um, What I'm scared about when it comes to the PPP loans and the EEDLs and everything is that um, people don't truly understand it. And they're applying and getting them. And then, you know, later on down the road, I would hate for it to come back and hurt them. You know what I mean? Um, And so that's my only contention with these loans is that I hope people are getting them um, that A, truly qualify, but then also B, our understanding the terms and everything like that. So that way down the road,
1: they're not in a bigger hole than what they started, you know? Yeah. I I think it's so important to work with somebody who is on top of, um, the changes to the program. I think that, um, the small business administration's, um, uh sbdc's they have small business development centers can be like a really vital resource for small business owners right now because you can set up appointments for free with your local um, sbdc i get emails all the time from the one near me you know kind of hosting webinars um on like how these different programs work uh, constantly updating me on changes and um yeah and also advertising these um Free sort of like consultations that small business owners can have with an expert just to like, you know, break down what's what's going on, what your business needs to do and like kind of give you some sort of direction and where to go from here.
0: Mm-hmm. absolutely. So, speaking of the SBA, um I know before we hopped on, you had mentioned a new loan or a revamped loan um where, you know, they're helping people with 6 to 8 months worth of expenses. If you can just um hit on that for a little bit because I thought it was very interesting.
1: Oh yeah, so the Small Business Administration um is started offering what's called SBA debt relief um Actually, in March 2020, when the CARES Act passed Um, originally, basically what it meant was that the SBA would cover the first six months of interest payments, principal payments and any fees associated with your loan. And that included loans and repayment, loans and deferment and new SBA loans. There has been a second round of uh, SBA debt relief that sort of extended that. I think that was passed at the at the end of last year, and it started on February 1st, 2021, it's a little bit more complicated, but it essentially means that businesses will receive about eight months of this kind of debt relief. So it, it applies to um, a lot of SBA loans, It like all 7A loans, essentially, um, also 504 loans and uh, non-SBA ca- uh, microloans. So basically, if you can qualify for an SBA loan right now, you will not, it's not even that like you'll have payments deferred, like you just will not make payments or pay the guarantee fee if you apply right now um, and get approved. I think it ends, I'm not sure, in September, on September 30th, but it's, you know, it's likely that will be extended if there's need for it. Yeah, so I mean, and you can get this through any um, SBA lender. Um, or like any provider that offers a regular SP loans.
0: Awesome, awesome. And just to give the audience, um, you know, a resource, if you go to sba.gov, you can go on there and they actually have like a lender matching service. Only reason I know is because I tried this recently just for like, just to see how it works. And um, you put in all of your business information and then they will email you lenders who are interested in giving you money. And then you go to their website and fill out, you know, the rest of the information there. But I thought it was really cool and a better way than going yourself individually to all these different places. And then also it, you know, gave us, gave me lenders that I had never heard of before. And so um, I feel like it's a really good resource. So if you do have a business and you are in need of funding, definitely check out, um, the SBA, because they have a lot of good resources. And for those of you like, what the heck is the SBA? It's um, (laughs) Small (laughs) Business Administration. So it's the Small Business Administration arm of the government. All right. Well, thank you so much, Anna. So if people wanted to find you or learn more about you or take a look at things that you write, how could they find you?
1: I am uh, all over finder.com. But uh, you can probably find some of my articles by Googling questions that you have about uh, different <laughs> types of lending products.
0: <laughs> awesome, awesome. So um, just to recap, this is Anna Serio with finder.com. Definitely check out Finder. They have a lot of good information on that site as well. Thank you so much, Anna, for coming on the show today. Thanks for having me. Absolutely. Have a good one. Bye. Thank you. Bye. Bye thank you for listening to the money talk with tiff podcast for free resources and materials head over to MoneytalkwithT.com. and while you're there why not sign up for our newsletter so you'll never miss an episode talk to you soon